This is Mountaintop History, a podcast dedicated to telling the story of Monticello and all who lived and labored at this plantation. My name is Kyle Chattleton, and today we're talking about architecture. A visitor to Monticello in 1782 later wrote, quote, It may be said that Mr. Jefferson is the first American who has consulted the fine arts to know how he should shelter himself from the weather. Jefferson's visions for Monticello, the University of Virginia, the Richmond Capitol, and other structures have greatly influenced American architecture, visions that were only made possible by both free and enslaved labor. On a windy morning in March, I spoke with Dom McCracken of the Thomas Jefferson Foundation about these examples of what scholars today call Jeffersonian architecture. Uh, so, Don, uh, thanks for joining us today to talk about uh, Jefferson and, and architecture. We know that uh, Jefferson's travels and education taught him quite a bit about different architectural styles. Uh, can you give us a few examples of these influences on Jefferson's life and how it led to Monticello, where we are right now, uh, becoming his quote-unquote essay in architecture, as he described it? Self-taught architect. Uh, loves architecture. In middle age, when he's an ambassador to France, but by that time he'd already started to design this house, very Palladian, right out of the book, his Bible of architecture, Palladian's four books of architecture, very classical, his first version of the house. But in Paris, he sees domes like the Hotel de Somme, uh, which is now the uh, headquarters of the Legion d'Honneur on, on the south bank of the Seine River, domes, new styles of architecture, and uh, he loves it. And, and brings back to America his own version of classical architecture with a little French twist, what we call it uh, Jeffersonian architecture. And we find these ideas not only here at Monticello, but we also find them elsewhere in the state, like at the University of Virginia, uh, Jefferson's summer home, Poplar Forest in the southwest of the state, and even the Richmond capital, right? Absolutely. You think of Jefferson as the politician, maybe even Jefferson as the plantation owner, but Jefferson the architect. And of course, late in life, the hobby of my old age, the University of Virginia, which is down the hill below us, just out of view right now. He's watching with his telescope being built in his final years. And it and this Monticello are on the UNESCO World Heritage Site together as one, um, all part of his new American architecture. Starts planning this house when he's in his mid-twenties, and the material larger from here. Things like glass would be imported, the mahogany would be imported, the brick from down the hill below. Yeah, and so let's get to that point. Um, I, I, we know then Jefferson, he's designing the structure of, of Monticello, but who's actually doing the construction of, Mo, of Monticello um, here at the site? Right, uh, when you say Jefferson built this house, how much he's actually built himself, I suspect very little. He is a hands-on guy, but not to build this house. He does have some very capable um, um, workers whom he hires. Hugh Chisholm will be uh, doing the plaster, Richard Berry doing the painting and the graining, and later on he gets two joiners, carpenters, a guy named Nielsen and James Densmore, here for years are doing things. Under air, uh, other side of the house, under the um, dining room window, is still a spot where you can see the fingerprints of a young boy, probably an enslaved boy, um, flipping bricks, drying in the sun, and an enslaved member of the community, the brother of Sally Hemings, 
um, John Hemings, who does a great deal of work at Monticello and a substantial amount of Jefferson's poplar forest, a very skilled labor. So there is skilled labor free and unfree at Monticello. And so then Jefferson's architectural vision and the realization of this vision by both free and enslaved laborers has had a major impact on American architecture, right? Absolutely. The Virginia um, Capitol building in Richmond, um, he Jefferson designs it, and he wants the style of, of ancient Rome, the, the classical style, to show the importance, the power, um, the value of American government structures. And so many have been copied by this all around the country, very Jeffersonian. The influence um, everywhere. Um, people like Latrobe, Robert Mills study his architectural style. They use his influence. So Jefferson is really spreading American architecture through this new nation. Well, thank you so much, Don, uh, for this conversation about Jefferson and architecture. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. This has been another episode of Mountaintop History, a collaboration podcast between WTJU and the Thomas Jefferson Foundation. This episode of Mountaintop History was made possible in part by a major grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities. Join us for new episodes every two weeks on Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and the Virginia Audio Collective. To learn more about Monticello or to plan your next trip, visit us online at monticello.org.